strategy with today's strategy Jason to everything you need to know to stay in the know to stay in the automotive industry here's your host here's your host Jason Harris welcome to the strategy with today's strategy Jason to everything you need to know to stay in the know to stay in the automotive industry here's your host here's your host Jason Harris Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a great guest, actually a, a friend of mine. Thanks. I would say a friend. Ivan, can I call you my friend? I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> I have the oh, one, Jason. the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Ivan Sandoval in the house. Ivan, what's up? <laughs> hey, how are you, Jason? I was, thinking about wearing, I was thinking about wearing orange today, too, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> You got to do that next time we do this, though. Uh, yeah, well, actually be fun. <laughs> well, I was commenting just before we recorded today that if there was an award for best dressed uh, automotive expert, I'm pretty confident that you would win that award on a pretty regular basis. So Thanks. I'm always impressed. Credit, credit to my wife. Credit That's to right. my wife to count. Right. Definitely has some influence there. <laughs> hey, Ivan, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and don't know kind of who you are and how you got started in the industry, I always like to kick off these podcasts with a little origin story. So what is the story behind Ivan Sandoval getting into this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, crazy. Um, it's actually a pretty long story, to be honest. Um, it was out of high school. Um, I was looking for a job, and my dad used to always read Auto Traders, Auto Trader magazines, and things like that. And um, they were hiring in customer service, and um, I was able to uh, get a job there, um, which was great because my dad, uh, you know, pushed me to to go to Auto Trader over <laughs> insurance. I don't know what I would have done in insurance, <laughs> but um, it was pretty cool. Like we we delivered magazines and and um, I got really got to know the dealers, old school dealers, like the guys that used to smoke cigarettes in their office. There'd be an ashtray oh, yeah. about like this yay high when you went to go <laughs> see them. Um, and some of the old, uh, if you guys remember, the old dealer principals would have these like elaborate living rooms upstairs, like had a couch with like maybe a bear's head or something like that. <laughs> they don't and, do that uh, anymore. Was, That's true. I it was that. smoky with a, with a rug, big rug and a big brown leather couch. Um, uh, anyway, it was cool days, big oak chairs. So um, I was a kid and, um, you know, I basically did the whole auto trader um, kind of, uh, you know, they went from print to online. So at a certain point, we uh, obviously we, we launched autotrader.ca and and then the business started to turn. And unlike other businesses, they were very uh, adaptive in terms of making everything go digital. Um, we brought in the website uh, offering as well. And um, it was great because I got into digital really early. I did my own learnings as well, which there wasn't many back then. U of T and UBC were the only ones who offered like a, a certificate course. Yeah, I and, um, and, uh, you know, most of the, most of the marketers back then were all print, uh, people. I was young, so they were already established. And one of the items back then that I still like today about a digital is always saving ad spend and auto trader was a cost effective way. The magazine was of, uh, of advertising because the newspapers mm -hmm. were always more expensive. And once digital came, that was an even more cost effective way of advertising. And so, um, shortly Thereafter, around 2011, 2012, I moved to Carnation Canada, which was a dealership group, still is a dealership group in, in the West GTA and Niagara region. And that was actually some of the best experience that I had because uh, now it was dealership side, 
I was part of sales. I was really part of GM meetings. And, and uh, because it was early on in digital, I, it was the type of group where it was kind of uh, centralized to myself. I created their Facebook pages, YouTube pages, uh, did a lot of SEO, which I still see today. It's crazy. Now I'm like competing with myself when I go <laughs> see deals. I'm like, oh, that's a page that I did. And the SEO is really strong. So we're gonna have to try and beat that because uh, I'm on a different team now. But um, really great experience there. Uh, 7 a.m. meetings, uh, rah, rah, like good, good sales and marketing. And um, uh, from there, I did uh, e-commerce for a year. Didn't like it. Any of you want to go to e-commerce from auto? A lot different. You know, it's hard to uh, do a eight-minute video on a hockey stick or whatever the case is. Um, you know, it's just a lot more fun. It's monthly. Um, it's, I found that e-commerce was way too quarterly. Uh, so as an auto guy, you get bored and, uh, of course the products, I missed the products and all of that. And so then after that, I went to, uh, Ford of Canada had the Ford D3 program going on, which was fantastic. Bond brand loyalty mm -hmm. was, um, the, in the agency that was, uh, executing the, uh, consultant portion of that. That was great. Cause I started to travel the country, um, visiting Ford dealerships. And I really got to see the smaller guys, the, the smaller dealerships, having great conversations with them again, trying to save the money doing digital strategy, uh, seeing, you know, their needs and wants, um, trying to make them perform, trying to be, make them beat the big guys and, and having really a voice. Um, there were, there were also some medium size and big size dealerships and they had their own needs and wants. So that was really fun. Um, after that, the program ended and I was uh, always in touch with auto trader, um, you know, that they have a lot of longstanding employees there. And unfortunately, it didn't work out at the time to uh, join Auto Trader. So I joined Cox Automotive uh, briefly for a year, had a great time there. My wife, Danielle, works there. Um, and that organization, I had a, met a lot of more dealers in, in that respect, again, in a consultant role there. And um, with a lot of dis different products, digital retailing website. And then the opportunity came to join Traffic which is uh, Auto Trader's high-end uh, digital-only SEM um, agency wing mm -hmm. division and as a manager. And so now that's what I'm doing is uh, basically the same thing I was trying to do 10, 12 years ago is <laughs> saving dealerships money with their advertising spend, getting the most bang for your buck. Um, I'm doing it in a, in a, in the way that traffic does using remarketing audiences and, uh, and automation and machine learning, which, which we're, we're going to talk about in order to, uh, get the best bang for your buck. And now I'm here. I met you <laughs> a couple of years ago when I was with Ford, I think, right? Yeah. 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 We've had, we've had some good times. Um, it's funny, it, you know, it's funny that you've kind of come full circle, right? <laughs> like you, like you started, tears, yeah. you started with trader, you, you, you've done a bunch of stuff. You're able to make your way back home. I guess that's what we'll say. Right. Now, the cool yeah. thing is, is being, you know, in that position, all those different positions that you had, you, you've seen the opportunity of how digital marketing has evolved within yeah. the automotive industry. And look, digital marketing um, in automotive is very, very different than anything else out there. I mean, even when I try to hire people in, they're, they're just amazed the, the pace and how fast things are changing so quickly, you know? Yeah. But I'm curious because since you have seen, you know, digital marketing and especially agencies kind of evolve since from print all the way into these digital marketing agencies, like what, what, what does a agency to you look like in 2021 or what should it look like? I'm curious. An agency in 2021. See, the, the thing is, like when when digital agencies came about, there was a lot of cloak and dagger. Yes. Um, right. So you got away with for several years, uh, 
you could do nothing basically and get away with it because what happens is the dealer doesn't understand what was going on. It sounds good. They know they have to be there. Uh, so a lot of agencies and to this day still do the same thing mm -hmm. is that they don't really do anything with your spend. Um, they don't really, they're set it and forget it, right? It's an automated sort of thing. Um, and that's why um, the recent Think Dealer, I talked a lot about uh, change history and things like that, ways to spot check your agency to say, hey, are you really actually doing something? You bring all these analytics <laughs> and everything always looks great. Uh, but are you actually doing anything? Like, what are you doing exactly? And so I find that um, the ones that advance in 2021 are the ones that are more transparent. So um, they give you a dashboard that you can look at. Uh, you can see your spend at all times. Um, when they come to a meeting, they're showing you your change history report or or they're coming up with strategy, different strategic angles. They're not just saying, hey, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, they're coming in with meat so that you, when you have the meeting, GM comes into the meeting, they want to sell cars. They don't want to be the marketers. Like you, you have to come in with a plan. This is the plan. Do you like it? Yes. Do you like these two parts? Good. You don't like this one? Great. Oh, you have that other one? Great. Good. Boom. Done. Meeting done. Let's go. You go sell cars and I'll go market them. Yep. Exactly. You know, you know what though I've seen a lot is kind of that shift between uh, a data-driven agency versus a creative-driven agency. And yeah, I think for you know a lot of agencies yeah, between 2010 and 2015, you know, had a lot to do with creative. Yeah. And then moving into 2015 up to 2020, um, I hate to say it, but we got very VIN-specific with with our efforts. You know, it seemed like yeah. VIN-specific marketing was was the key and just yeah. pump out as many display ads and search bin specific search ads as you possibly can. And now we're getting into 2021 and I feel like we've, we've now entered into a new, an another shift, right? Where, you know, with like, uh, you know, agents or big networks like Facebook and Instagram and Google and changing their targeting parameters and who we can target, who we can't target, uh, special ad, uh, formats, you know, uh, if you're fi if we're running financing, which we do every single one of us do. Right. So it, it's funny how everything's kind of the complexity of everything's also kind of shifted, but I think it's actually shifted back to, uh, being a data first, but creative second kind of, so it's almost kind of a combination of the both of what the last two, 10 years has kind of built. Um, but, but I'm with you, man. I, the agency has changed a lot in 2021. And if they're not focused on not, not just the ad data, but if they're not bringing in the website data and the third party marketplace data, if they're not looking at everything, all right, then it just doesn't necessarily think that that's probably a great agency to work with. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah. See, here, here's what I think. Uh, this is growing up, and it I, I, this is very clear to me. When I was growing up, there were, uh, when I was going up, I was digital first. I didn't. I actually I've never took a marketing course, by the way. Um, I was so I was digital first, and there was a lot of people who had marketing 101. So as I was as I was uh, going through my career, most people didn't have digital, but they did have the marketing 101. Mm -hmm. Now most people have the digital, but they don't have the marketing 101. <laughs> That's true. Right? And that's so key because I'm like, you, you lost that. There's somewhere, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to tell you, um, and, and it's not in my current position, but I was in another, in, in another position where, because I was forward side, so I would sit and listen to vendors. There were, there were meetings where all we did was look at numbers, like analytics. Yeah. Numbers. Never saw one ad. 
never saw one message, even a sentence that's going to the public. <laughs> never saw, even if there was a logo, even if the logo was incorrect, Yep. never saw any of that. And I'm like, what did we just do here? Like we went over numbers and, and these young digital marketers, a lot of them, they're just happy with that. Oh, that went up, that went down, that did this, that did that. And it's like, you know, there's two parts to it. One of them is like, why did it do it? Did you look at the ad as to why it went down? You don't just move things around. There's a, there's a creative aspect to it uh, to attract more people, like to increase the click-through rate or, or, or um, cost per click, whatever it is that you're looking for. And even just the messaging, because when you see the impressions come in, you're saying, okay, that many people saw this message. Well, what was the message? Actually, it's funny. There's a big dealer group. Um, I remember he was, uh, there was an issue, um, that, uh, why did this go down? Why, you know, why, whatever it was, my KPIs went down. Yep. Okay. No problem. Uh, what is your, okay, cool. The KPIs went down. Let's do something about it. So I'm here for, uh, what's your, and this was one of my first calls with them. So, uh, okay. So what's your brand message? Like what, what, what's on your ads? Mm-hmm. Because $158 by weekly ain't going to do it anymore. And, and, but he looked at me and he didn't even know. I oh, said, are, are you running, freaky. are you running, <laughs> are you running bi-weekly ads? Like what, what, what is in the ad? Like, can we, have you seen the ads? And he go, just sat back. And it's like, I caught him. Like he hadn't even looked at a display ad, at a search ad, at his social ads. He just was looking at numbers for the past six months. Isn't and that that's crazy? not really it's, it's, it's nuts that you see that, but you know what? Yeah, I have seen a yeah. shift though. Haven't you kind of seen that shift where maybe, maybe it's cause there's a lot of new, there's a lot of new blood coming into automotive. Um, there's a, a lot more younger dealer principals than I've ever seen in the past. Like yeah, the of amount course. of dealer principals that I've visited, you know, in this last year over video calls, I'm surprised to see that average age has come down significantly, you know, yeah. probably by 10 or 20 years, uh, based on the people I'm sitting in with and having these conversations, these conversations with, but no, man, I mean, I, 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 it blows my mind how much ad spend gets spent out there. It's like, I, I, it, for the longest time, I think as an industry, we just wanted to do digital marketing so we can check out the proverbial box and it's done. It's like, yeah. check done. I, I don't know what's going on. Don't care what's going on. I'm just glad I just, I'm paying the bill and it's being done. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Right. But I yeah. think in the last year, probably in the last maybe even two years, that's been fundamentally shifted where now, yeah. you know, the dealership wants to participate a lot more or, yeah. or, or I guess, I guess what it is, is they've, they've gone to enough conferences and read enough books and listened to enough podcasts, hopefully mine. Um, <laughs> then now they actually want to have a conversation. This is actually a great segue into the next topic I want to bring up with you because I think um, you know maintaining that agency client relationship is become more important now than has ever been before. But at first, I think we kind of have to define it and then figure out kind of the best practices to maintain it. But it, it really is creating a working relationship. It's not just signing a check and handing the money over anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to be accountable to what you're doing. You got to bring your, you know, the strategies that you implemented last month have to be at the forefront of this month. What did we do? We did this, 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 and this. How did it work? These mm -hmm. three worked. This one didn't. Okay, that one didn't work. What are we going to do now? And that's, that's how you should approach it. And that's how I try to train my team is, um, you know, these are the kinds of things we need to look at um, moving forward because, uh, you know, you don't want to just sit there and just have a meeting, have a meeting. What, one of the clear indications, I think, um, when you're not doing that properly is the cancellation of a meeting. Mm 
So if you're running performance reviews or analytics or whatever it is, and people are canceling um, on you or now we'll do it next month or this and that, that means you're not doing your job. Because I can tell you, I can tell you for me, I barely ever get a cancellation um, in my, and I try to get instill that into my team too. Why? Because every meeting I'm trying to build so much value, even though it's an hour every month, it's an hour. And so I need to bring value to that hour and um, you need to see that there's value. And so then they want to be part of the meeting. They'll mm-hmm. never cancel on you. So anyone out there, any digital marketer, if there's a lot of people canceling your meetings, up your game because um, they won't cancel meetings if they see value. Well, that's and actually a good point. And I think we should, let's talk a little bit about kind of value, right? So, you know, I've been, I've been calling my meetings strategy sessions for probably the last five years. And, awesome. and, and it's funny because, you know, most of my clients have never asked for that. They've always asked for a performance review, right? Sure. And it's only been in the last probably 12 months that I've now have clients asking me, Hey, Jason, we just, uh, we, we just got our new forecast. All right. Can, can we sit down and do a strategy session? I'm like, ah. Oh, doesn't that yeah. just makes me feel so good because, because yeah. now they're seeing it. They're seeing that these are not marketing calls. All right. Or, the, or let's talk about the creative or let's talk about what biweekly payment we're promoting next week. Like, like they're like, and I think that's one of the best practices for maintaining a good agency client relationship is that the agency has to be very intimate with the dealerships, uh, forecast goals and objectives. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and the funny thing is like, if, if you're a dealership and you're watching and listening right now and you're not sharing that information on a regular basis, then how, how can you really effectively hold your agency accountable? Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, analytics are only as a guide to your strategy. And I think they've become too much the focus of the, of the session, Yeah, yeah. That's good. right? You only use those numbers to draw conclusions and create something uh, for the dealer that that's the only reason you have them. You don't just read numbers, you know, there's a KPI that's going down. Okay. Why is it going down? Um, there's other KPIs that are going up, but are they going up for the right reasons? Right? Like, uh, I could get a lot of clicks for, uh, you know, Dodge challenger Hellcats. Is that worth your time? Is that worth your, is that worth what we're doing? Am I facetiously saying, Hey, we got an increase in clicks because the Hellcat came out or, yeah, exactly. or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, is that selling you more cars? You have one Hellcat a year of sale, maybe, right? So then that's that's what you have to bring to the table is, uh, oh, you know, we're, did your clicks go up because we're bidding on your name? You know, a lot of agencies do that. Oh, all these clicks went up. We're getting so many leads. Meanwhile, 99% of those calls on, on your brand name is, hey, is Joey there? Or, you know, can I get parts? <laughs> exactly. You know, like, if that's a it, – it, and again – it's all about strategizing. It could be that you have to do that. So if your name's Toronto Honda, then you bring in and say, well, listen, we have to bid on your name because there's no other real way to say Honda in Toronto. Right. But if you have some big long name, the Alex McDonald Ford in, in uh, PI, something like that, somebody who's going to put that in wants to come see you. Let's strategize on something else. Like what else do you want to do? Do you want a conquest? Uh, you know, the Ram 1500, um, what, whatever it is, bring that to the table and then you'll have a better meeting. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. I mean, look, if if you're going to squeeze every ounce that you possibly can out of the agency that you're going to be working with, 
then that the relationship of sharing data back and forth is, is kind of mandatory, right? And, and and look, I mean, we kind of going back to that original topic, we're talking about what to look for an agency in 2021, all right? If the agency is just coming to you with pre-boxed, all right, uh, templates and creative yeah. efforts, and they're not coming to you with an actual strategy that's catered to your business, run for the hills. <laughs> yeah. Like, Actually, you know, you know, honestly, what the one number one of the keys that you should look for in, in an agency in automotive, not only just now in 2020, but anytime is proactiveness. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. 100% proactiveness. Like, what, like, this is dealership side experience now. This is where this comes out is first of the month, let's go. What's going on? What are the offers? What do we want to do? Do we want to go above and beyond? Is it a good offer? Let's get this going. Uh, right at the beginning of the month and an agency's got to come to you at the beginning right away and say, Hey, listen, I got a plan for you. Let's do this. And I, I found that all the GMs that I work with um, throughout the years, the ones who were proactive um, at the beginning, cause I'm proactive. So if they were proactive with me or even just on their own, when yep. they were proactive with their dealership, they're the ones that always won out because by the time the 20th hits and, the, and near the end of the month, these guys are already pretty much near target. They're cruising because it's always an influx at the end and it's the other guys who started slow waited and they're the ones that that uh, have to catch up and then if there's an agency comes in first second week what's going on what do you what do you guys want to do what's the ford offer again oh no that's so true but that's actually look that's kind of like relationship 101 too right we're talking about best practices and maintaining an agency and client relationship and you know to your point is like communication is key to every single relationship. And, you know, it's if the agency is not communicating back to you and you're not communicating to the agency, then how in the world can you ever expect that? Look, I, I think the theme for this year for a lot of dealerships is to get the biggest bang they can out of every single buck that goes out there. All right. And, and to do so, like they really need to maintain a relationship between themselves and their agency. And that and the core the core to that is communications like you're talking about. I want to shift our conversation just a little bit here because um, we, t- we had a chance to talk a little bit about this before we hit the record button, but uh, digital marketing automation seems to be kind of the, the new buzz word out there. And you know how our industry loves buzzwords and terms. Oh my sure. gosh, we love our four-letter or three-letter acronyms and our four-letter words. And yeah. anytime we can create a buzzword out of something, we will most definitely do so. So look, there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of snake oil behind digital marketing automation. I'd love to kind of get your take on it though. So automation uh, definitely will improve your performance. There's no doubt about it. Um, automating ads, uh, using the automation to uh, make strategic bid changes, copy changes, changing prices as you change them. Um, you know, some of the stuff we do at traffic um, is important to lower CPC. So in other words, lower your cost per click, cost per user. And that will increase your performance, whatever it is. The, you know, you're going to pay less per click. It'll increase 15, 20, 30, 40%. You always have to combine automation with humanation exactly. is what I call it. Strategy, right? Yeah. Yes, because so the, so, so the computer does its job and that's good. That's going to get you low cost per clicks. But, you know, robots, they pull in sentences, sentences that might be weird. They, they, you know, they're not they're not customer facing. Right. They're just they're looking at AI or, or whatever it is. And so then the human part of it is uh, and it, it's actually been proven that then automation boosts maybe whatever it is, the percentages that I mentioned, and then the humanation aspect pushes it up even another 15%. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. now you're putting that touch, the branding touch of the dealership, what they want to, what they want to get their message out. Are they the best uh, rated dealership in their city? Say it. Why wouldn't you say that? A computer can't think that. It's the human that has to think that and put that in, in order for then the two of them to work together. You got your automation going, creating your ads. I know you did. I know you talked about the VDP uh, advertising. I think it's still it's very important to advertise all your pieces of inventory. But at the same time, that ad can't just say the price. You know, it's got to say, "Hey, visit us. We're the number one rated Kia dealership in Burlington." etc whatever it is that angle that marketing angle has to be there in order to complete the uh the increase in performance that you're looking for well that that is that that humanization portion of it right like i mean it's it's like we can't just expect i mean look if if you're talking to a vendor right now which i'm sure a lot of you guys out there watching listening are probably talking to a vendor and if they talk start talking to you about digital marketing automation that's great there's not that there's anything wrong with it, but this is not the the staples easy button where you just kind of hit the button and everything. The computers do it all for you. Like this, this is not um, it's not the end of the world. It's not Terminator doing everything for us. But 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 it is. It's yeah. it's, it's how it, it's how we use automation just to better our efforts. All right, that's the key to it. Now, if you if you hear the words AI, be careful. <laughs> Because it's yeah. a it's a great buzz term that we love to use right now, and you know yeah. so much stuff out there is being claimed to be AI. Because I guess that's what people should be buying into, and majority yeah. of it's really mechan- you know uh, machine learning. Like I do this, then I move from this, yeah, yeah. and then that kind of branches off, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, but yeah. uh, like, look, don't don't be afraid of digital marketing automation. That's what me and Ivan are saying. Just understand who you're working with and how they're utilizing it to better your efforts. But just because you hear the word automation, don't think it's just the easy button. Here's another topic I want to kind of talk about, uh, kind of lead into as well. And this is something we were joking about earlier uh, because we've been in the business long enough. You know, it's just where we've seen these kind of transitions, right? Hey, I was thinking about this earlier. I didn't bring it up. Do you remember the e-price button? Yeah. Do you remember that? It's still around. It's it's still, it blows my mind. It's still around, right? But do you remember like... 2008 or something like that. 2005, 2008, we could put an e-price button on a dealership's websites and like 40% more leads happen, even though a customer never actually got an e-price. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like this, yeah. Like, right? yeah. But we were talking about this. In fact, so uh, we're talking about attention versus leads, right? And kind of how those strategies change. Oh, right. And it's yeah. so funny because, you know, we find that it either people are focusing on attention or they're focusing on leads and they're never really kind of focusing on the both. Um, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on attention versus lead strategies. What's better? Or how do we combine the two? Yeah. So you're right. Leads was the be all end all 2014 or 2013 or 2018, I think 19, but since then lead generation is not the be all end all. Believe me, it's not because most young people today do not submit leads. And also websites are so advanced. They have all of the information, all of the photos, exactly. the pricing, there's a description. If you have digital retailing, there's also a bi-weekly price, uh, your cash down. There's the current OEM offer. You can actually apply and get into a bank uh, to get bank approved. There is, uh, there's so much information there that why do you need to ask a question? There's no reason. All the info is there. Like, um, let's say, um, I mean, I'm only aware, but on Trader T Advantage uh, websites, on an SRP, there's pretty much all the information you need. 100%. You don't even need to send me a lead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look, you look. Can scroll I through remember, photos. Like, I, I remember my first dealership's website was like 90, 99, Okay, 
And you know the funny thing? We didn't call them leads back then. We called them inquiries. And the reason the inquiry came in is exactly what you said, Ivan, is because there wasn't enough information on there. Yeah. So people to ask had to ask a question. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So there's so much information there that why, why would you submit a lead? You should be proud of the fact sometimes that you're not getting leads in a way because your website is doing what it's supposed to do is giving the information that you require in order to make a decision. Um, and, you know, and think about this. We've all had, we've all gone, we're, we're of a generation now that's gone through a complete 360 with this. We submitted mm -hmm. leads and what happened? The guy emails you in two hours. He gives you a call in six hours. He follows up again in three days. He follows up in a week. Yep. Then you buy a car somewhere else or whatever it is. You might even buy off them. Then you're on their email marketing list the next month. Then you're in a sale event. And so why would you go through all that? We all know that. So why would you put in an email when you can just go in? And you don't have to be a part of any of that. You have the information, you go in and you know, you get serviced. And again, when you're looking at your site, make sure you have all of that information. So, you know, if, if you're looking for a, a 2021 Ford Escape, um, you search it, you click it, uh, the ad looks great, goes onto the site, there's all the Ford Escapes. And you also talk about, uh, you know, SEO wise, you have a 2021 Ford Escape page listing the differences between the, diff the model year, listing the differences between the trims, all the info's there. He doesn't need to submit a lead. They don't need to submit a lead. They're just going to come and visit you because you have all of that information ready for them. Well, and that's, it's a mindset change, right? Like we, we, as, as an industry have to just kind of embrace the fact that we, we are giving up this information. And, but we need to we need to respect the customer that they have the information, right? So then that changes kind of the strategies. It's like I'm not saying we need to stop having lead generating strategies. And I, by the way, I, I actually really exactly. do hate yeah. the word leads. Totally I would rather call them like opportunities because that's really yeah. what they are. They're an opportunity to have a conversation. All right, no one's coming out and saying like you know uh, I buy sell me the car right now. Well, maybe a very small percentage of people are, but but attention is a big one, and so many is so many things have changed in the way that we can uh, create attention. Like I'll give you, for example, like let's talk a little bit about remarketing or the death of the cookie, <laughs> the cookie <Sure>. wars. <laughs> I love that name. Sure. I love that name. But I mean, look, as an industry, we've built so much of our digital marketing uh, strategies around you come to my website and then I get to remarket to you. 117 times over the next 30 days over every yeah, single platform. 90 days. Really possible, 90, right? days. 90 days. Right? 90 days. You know, Come on, and, buying cycle. You got to go the whole way. Jason. You got to go the whole buying cycle. That's right. Exactly. You know, and, but, but you know, so many things have changed this last year, right? You know what Apple's done with the new operating system, sure. uh, what Facebook has changed as far as their, as, as far as their retargeting options, Google is going to now come out and do the same. So uh, what are some good examples of attention, attention strategies uh, for that are relevant today for 20, 21. Well, it's always good to have remarketing audiences, um, not only on your website, but when I was part of the Ford program, uh, Ford, we uh, still today, you get access to the Ford.ca remarketing list, which is good. This is a, this is a great audience um, that's into your vehicles. Um, and and uh, I've always seen it as being a great click. Same thing with that traffic. So the traffic, we use the autotrader.ca marketplace audiences for our dealers. And again, you're you're just bringing people who are in market and you're, you're having an additional sort of audience that uh, you'll catch their attention because they've already visited you on the VDP and now they're seeing your ads everywhere. So that's uh, uh, one of the strategies. Um, another strategy that I would, um, that I would definitely... Um, 
encourage and I've always encouraged it is YouTube. We talked about YouTube last time on our on the previous podcast. And still, I haven't seen a huge shift. Have you? I have. I have. Yeah, oh, I love okay. YouTube. Love YouTube. And you know what, Jason? Because it's it's what we talk about. YouTube is old school impressions. You're not doing lead. You're not lead generating there. Exactly. You're you're gaining impressions. Okay. That uh, skippable ad format that is uh, it works fantastic. Why? You can get forty thousand impressions and only pay for ten thousand of them. So thirty thousand of them skip. As long as you do the video right and you message your your brand name or your dealer name or even your offer if you're doing that in the first five seconds, guess what? Forty thousand people have now viewed your ad. Thirty thousand of them for free. And that is so critical. And, you know, I, this is something that we, that you and I talk about is impressions is a great KPI. It's not looked at as much anymore. It is. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, this is going like seriously marketing what I'll want, right? Like, you know, it's it's all about reach over frequency. Exactly. You know, so it's like, I'm going to be able to reach 30,000 people. And my goal is to have a frequency or maintain a frequency of, 10 times over a 30 day period. Right. And this is super old school. So, you know, when you thought about newspapers, that's what you thought about. The first thing you asked them was the reach. How many people does the newspaper reach? Okay, cool. What's the frequency that I can put an ad in there? Same thing with radio. Radio is all built on reach and frequency. And then for some reason we got into digital marketing and we kind of like spaced on that one. You know, it's like, it's like, no, that that's, that's fundamental reach over frequency strategy as, as, as lived, has lived for the entire time that marketing's been out there, but I'm surprised to see that it doesn't get included or talked about enough anymore. No? Exactly. What, what I think, I call it the um, newspaperization of digital marketing, is what I call it, <laughs> yeah, that's good which, which is going back to the old school now, because now we're over, I guess it was about eight years there where it was fun, it was cool, there's leads, you can see the analytics lead. It's still about impressions. And you know, it's funny because for the first, uh, what, 6,000 years of humanity, Digital marketing was always about impressions. Sorry, digital marketing. Marketing was marketing, always yeah. about impressions for the first six thousand years of humanity, and for about seven years there, up until even now, it's not. And that's not that's not right. Have you ever submitted a lead uh, for a Samsung TV? No. You know what a Samsung just, TV I just, I just is. Bought one, so yeah, no. <laughs> but you know what a Samsung TV? How is you, you know what a Samsung TV is? That they even sell TVs. Impressions. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and, so, that's, and that's, that's a great point. And I think, you know, for anybody out there watching and listening right now, um, look, maintain your lead slash opportunity generating strategies, but really make sure that you do have a solid attention strategy for both new customers and existing customers. And then that can go into measuring then engagement, which could be a whole nother, to- a whole nother podcast on its own. So I won't go down that path, but we could have a whole podcast just on engagement, engagement, optim- uh, optimization. You know what? The one thing I will have to say that I'm hearing a lot less these days about which I'm so thankful is the word attribution. I don't hear that oh, yeah. nearly as much as I did, you know, a couple of years ago. So I'm glad, but that's because that reach over frequency strategy has now come back into play, you know, um, just to kind of switch uh, our topic a little bit, cause I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time. Uh, what are some actionable items that we should be doing today in our marketing efforts, you know, to better our results over, let's say the next 30, 60, 90 days. Like what are something that we could be doing right now? I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, start taking a look at how much you're paying cost per click 
um, really ask that about your agency. Get all your models, the, more, the important ones, you did, that, actually all the models uh, that you have, and start asking your agency, what am I paying for a 2021 Hyundai Tucson? What is the price of that? What am I paying for my brand name? Because there's a major difference right now in a, a, a low-level agency to a high-level agency and cost per click. Yep. And I'm talking like over thousands of dollars to spend you could save when you're paying 50 cents a click for a keyword that another agency is paying $5 a click. It's a major difference. Um, on the Think Dealer that we just recently did um, at Traffic, I, I speak about that. Um, if, if I can uh, throw you the URL, Jason, yeah, yeah. if anybody wants to see that. Uh, but that is critical because now you're talking about, are you really automating? Are you really performing? Are you really doing the things that you're saying you're doing? Because if you're paying six bucks uh, for a Ram 1500 cost per click, believe me, you're overpaying. And you're talking about 2000 clicks at $5 where you can be paying 50 cents a click for the same amount of money. So that's one that's very important Two, I like being proactive. 2022s are starting to land. You want to be at the forefront of having those vehicles or letting dealer, letting people know that you have these vehicles. So here's an impression play, Jason, uh, let people know that you have that 2022 Acura MDX coming. You have it. Or yeah, you, you got the inventory showing. <laughs> where, where the the Mach-E, you've got it. You know, these proactive strategies that, that you can do now, like like right now, if I was a Nissan dealer, because I know you you're, you got a Nissan. Yeah. Um, Aria, right now. Oh, I know. On your page. I think on I might your get page, one. SEO. What's I think, that? I think I might get one. And Aria. Oh, yeah. they're beautiful. No, That's you know gorgeous. What? I, mean, I was yeah. thinking, I, 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 look, it's... We can we can go squirrel on our podcast whenever we want, but uh, you brought it up, so I'm gonna bring. Like, I seriously think I can go electric. You know, I was oh, thinking go, about that go. because because you know, you think about it, like the infrastructure with dealerships has gotten so much better. And yeah. I pretty much, even though I drive almost five to eight thousand kilometers a month, I drive from dealership to dealership to dealership. Sure, yeah, and uh, and the over seventy percent of my clients have charging stations now. I'm Absolutely, like, yeah, I think I could do this, and plus it would yeah. look really cool wrapped in orange. I, yeah, I have a, actually, you're right. I have a, I have a charging station here. Uh, my wife got a, a Danielle, she got a Maki, must say Maki coming cool. in June. <laughs> yeah, in white. Uh, so yeah, we're really electric here uh, for sure. I have an order on a Lincoln Corsair Grand Touring, which is a plug-in nice. hybrid. Yeah. So nice. uh, electric. Yeah. All the way. And, and that's another point too. Um, EVs coming, get yes. that on your site. Be the EV dealership. Believe me in a couple of years, you'll be SEO number one on that stuff. So again, just think about what's going to happen. You know what, you know what, what we don't do in auto and never have is a, a content calendar. I'm a, I know, a yearly right? marketing calendar. Yeah. Every other, like, like in e-commerce, they had a marketing calendar, like of what was happening in auto for whatever reason, cause we're month to month, I guess we don't do it, but it's so critical because you can predict when vehicles are landing and create strategies for them. So you create an SCM campaign now uh, for 2022s that are landing. Like the uh, the Tucson's a good example. Beautiful car. Oh, could that, be that, that's the a year. great example, right? Like we yeah. should be putting, like I, I'm with you on this. In fact, actually, I mean, we have some of our clients that do this now and then you try to get them. But this is actually a great action for anybody watching, listening out there right now. All right. Is that you got to be thinking uh, three months in advance. Yeah. All right. Oh, if yeah. you, you like. To, to be calling and asking your agency now to create content about the 2022 Tucson that just landed, you, yeah. man, that was not a cool. Probably you should have been yeah, talking yeah. to them in February, all right, yeah, about creating out yeah. those landing pages. So it's like, it's coming, it's coming, it's exciting, right? And then I would say, cause I, I would love to get your thoughts because I like this strategy. Content month one, 
um, a coming soon soft SEM play. And then the third month is a schedule to kind of the test drive, you know, schedule your test drive. It should be coming in the next two weeks, be the first to drive. Like, what do you think? Is that a solid strategy? I love it. That's that's awesome. And that's what you need is what you just did there. That's your, that's a plan that you're going to bring to a dealership, Jason. And it's something that we would bring as well. And it's solid. It, it addresses everything a dealer, you know, he's not thinking, he's thinking, well, how many cars can I sell this month? You're doing the thinking for him three months down the line. Yeah. So when three months down the line hits, it's, you've already created that plan and you're already ahead of everyone else. Like, it's just like, uh, you know, proactive marketing versus reactive marketing. And you're right. Anyone now with the Tucson, they missed the boat, start thinking about what 20, 2020 twos are coming out in three months, four months, whatever the case may be. And, um, and, and that way, um, you'll be ahead of the game instead of, uh, just reacting last minute. Exactly. You know, we are such a reactive industry, you know, it's like, um, stop planning things out a month in advance, you know, always have a rolling 90 day, you know, and I love the yeah. fact that you brought up the calendar because I think that is such an actionable item that dealerships can bring up right now. Yeah. Okay. There, look, there are foundational marketing that you're going to market every single month, no matter what, no matter what the programs are, Exactly. Yeah. no matter what you're doing, you're never going to not market your RAV4s. You're never not going to market your Corollas. Like that's never sure. going to go away. All right. Another one, loyalty. Loyalty should not be a, a quarterly event. All right. You have loyalty offers all year long. <laughs> you should, there should always be some foundational loyalty, you know, strategy that goes all the way across the 12 month mark. Right. But then sure, there, yeah. then there should be these kind of like quarterly things as in, especially for a lot of manufacturing now, because inventory levels are changing so rapidly. Yeah. You, know, you have to be planning 90 days out or you're, you're, you're going to be screwed. If you wait 30 days, it's just, it's not just not going to work. Okay, so just to elaborate a little bit more, uh, actionable items that are that we can do today in our marketing efforts, knowing that there's a lot of people out there that are having inventory issues, what would you recommend are some great actionable items uh, that they can do right now, knowing that inventory can be a little crazy for the next few months? Couple strategies. Um, one I would say is. Uh, the pre-order pages, 2022s, like I mentioned, pre-order pages are very important now. Um, and of course, combined with your SEM agency to be able to uh, market that effectively via, via social and search. It's a really good social play, um, so, but you have to have that on your website. And cause, because you're, you want to keep the ball rolling, right? You don't have inventory, but you still want to meet people. And like we talked about the, the remarketing list, you still want to have those. You're keeping people in the wheelhouse. You still have them for 90 days. Remember, because they're going to click on an ad, come to your site. You don't have the car, but you gave them the information. They can um, pre-order if they'd like on a form, make sure you include the castle compliant checkbox because that's going to be able to allow you to build a list uh, of potential clients so that when the vehicle does come out, right. The, the, uh, um, whatever the stinger and any vehicle that you have that's coming out, you have a list to email, right? So now you have an email marketing play. Um, and then on top of that, what happens too is there's a lot of times uh, people um, are interested in a vehicle um, and they need a vehicle immediately. Actually, I have a story this about the Ranger. In 2018, the uh, 20, it was announced that the Ford Ranger was going to come out in 2019. Mm -hmm. And of course, doing the research, we 
saw that um, there was a lot of Ford Ranger searches, right? And that's something that if you're really into digital, you look at the search volumes, things like that. So he said, okay, how can we capture these Rangers? They're not around. Oh, there's a lot of interest in them because it's a reboot. It's going to be a great vehicle. What do we do? And it's kind of similar to now, inventory shortage. You do a pre-order page. Awesome. And, what, like ha- that. That's a and what, happened, what happened with that was you give them all this information, which is great. Sometimes they need a vehicle immediately. And so the sales reps, now you have your sales reps meeting new people because that's important too. sales reps, meeting people, establishing friendships and, and things like that, relationships. And now this, um, the, the, now when the Ranger comes out, um, before it came out, they mm-hmm. might say, oh, you know what? I don't want to wait eight months or whatever the case may be for the Ranger. Uh, maybe do you have like a base XLT or something or something smaller that maybe I can have because they're not ready to be in that. They want to be in the market immediately, but the Ranger's not available. So you should always be advertising at all times in order to keep that, keep the wheelhouse going. That's actually pretty cool. I really like that kind of strategy. In fact, actually, you know what? That's something I would love to see on VDP pages right now. Um, and I think I've only seen it maybe a handful of times is we do have to have a lot more discussion around pre-order. Yeah. Okay. And you know what it is? It's the best marketing message out there is the one that's most transparent and honest. And if you're just honest with your clients to say, Hey, look, inventory is going to be rough for the next year. All right. You know, like we, we encourage them to do a pre-order, show them the value yeah. in having a pre-order. All right. And just don't be afraid to, to do that. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like the automotive industry. We struggle with that because we focus on such a 30 day volume, but you know, yeah. like I bought a travel trailer this year and, you know, I was talking to the salesperson and, and he's doesn't look at it a 30 day. He looks at it on a yearly because people are putting orders in a year in advance. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, I'd order my travel yeah. trailer like a year in advance. Right. I, so, I'm, an, I'm an example. I have two pre-orders in right now. Do you? Two what, pre-orders. Yeah. Which pre-orders, two pre-orders do you have? The well, the Maki, Danielle's yes. getting a Maki off uh, 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 Victory Ford in Chatham. Nice. And then I'm waiting for a Lincoln Corsair. I pre-ordered. We both pre-ordered. See, so two examples right there, pre-ordered. I'll wait it out. It's cool. It's all good. That's the vehicle I want. That's what I'm honing in on. Um, And I'm going to wait till they come out. So there's nothing wrong with pre-order. Like I said, it keeps the wheelhouse going. It keeps your sales reps meeting people, um, keeps your name out there. And like I said, if you can do it at a cost-efficient way, lower CPCs and things like that, you can't lose with that strategy. I, I agree with that. I definitely, I don't definitely don't think you can. And I actually have a dealership I was talking to the other day. Now get this. I thought this was pretty cool what they were doing. And now I'm not saying it's the wrong or right thing to do, but I thought it was neat that he was doing it is that uh, he was paying half of the commission on the pre-orders okay. because they were doing so many pre-orders and it, it's sometimes deflating when you have the staff that are always working off of commission to be selling things that are six, nine months out in advance you know, now, now look, obviously if the sale falls apart, they can, they wrote it out so they can you know, bring back or, you know, that, that commission. But I mean, just, I thought it was super cool that it was willing to do that. And, and then the cool thing is then the mindset of the dealership changed and now they were embracing pre-orders and I'm, t- I was like looking at his numbers. I'm like, he's going to have a really good winter. Like he's going to yeah. go into winter with 30, 40 units pre-sold for for uh, uh, November, December, January, February. Like it is going to be a great winner for him. But anyways, I know it's towards the tail end of our time today. Uh, we've had some 
great conversations around what to look for an agency in 2021, some of those best practices and maintaining those relationships between agency and uh, and client, marketing automation, you know, how can we kind of make sure it's not snake oil, but it's real and it's important. And, you know, yeah, just to, to ensure. Spot check it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How to spot check it. Attention versus lead strategies. I'm so glad we talked about that because that's one that's just. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of people need to change their mentality on that one. So, so much mentality needs to change there. And then yeah. I think you, you nailed it, Ivan, on some great actionables that people can make changes right now. Embrace that pre-order um, messaging. Ivan's a great example of it. He's just pre-ordered two, pre-orders. two units. Um, two. I'm looking at doing the exact same thing. Once they tell me I can pre-order an electric F-150, I'll tell you I ah, will be there. the lightning. I, you know, I'm Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Once they say that, once there's a form and I can give them my deposit and stuff like that, I'm, I'm in. But hey, Ivan, before I let you go, for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and has really enjoyed this conversation, would love to connect with you and maybe even continue the conversation. What's the best way to do so? Sure. Uh, You can reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn. uh, Would probably be the easiest. Um, You can also email me, um, Ivan.Sandoel at traffic.ca trffk.ca love to have these conversations actually traffic we do have uh, webinars too uh, that we go over best practices and things like that so definitely you can reach out to me in that manner and i i always like talking automotive and i always like talking to digital anybody in the industry gm new marketer old school marketer whatever it doesn't matter um i always like talking digital so yeah please reach out and um if anybody um is privy to watching think dealer we did a think dealer at traffic um with auto trader um a couple months ago which has some great information Uh, you can message me and i'll send you out the uh the youtube link on that uh, webinar that's awesome Hey, Ivan, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. I look forward to doing this again soon. Have yourself an amazing day. You too. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.